Are the Pats about to deploy an all-out ground attack against the Chiefs? What will happen to DJ Moore and Greg Olson if Cam Newton sits out 2019 and we play a would-you-rather with DeAndre Hopkins? Plus the 2018 FFPC $250,000 main event co-champion John Scuderi joins us to talk about how he built his team, the draft strategy he employed, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back with he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down. Hey, thanks, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host, is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what kind of season is Jordan Howard in for next year? What to make of the new Rams backfield by committee? And 2018 FFPC main event champ John Scuderi drops in to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster, James White, and a ton more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where to get a hold of us there. And, of course, if you want to give us a call tonight and chat with us, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. football at gmail.com is where to send your emails. And our producer and mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer Bryce, will get those questions to us coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show, along with all the tweets and the chat room questions we get as well. Normally, I would tell you, hey, check out the high stakes lowdown, but we're on hiatus right now. First, uh, next episode of the 2019 season, or the first episode of the 2019 season, will be coming up the week after the Super Bowl. I'll give you more information on that as far as who the guest is and everything like that when we get closer to that date. Of course, new Dynasty Orphans available at myffpc.com if you want to jump in and play some Dynasty Fantasy Football. Plenty of uh, teams there starting at $77 going all the way up to, I think, is there a $2,500 teams available, Dave? There's a few. There's a few $2,500 teams, so uh, price point for everybody there. And I should say, welcome back into the studio this week, man. We missed you last week. Oh, did you hear about any other news? I did. I just wanted to kind of get a little folksy here for, for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Everything's good? Yeah, everything's great. Happy to be back? Yeah. All right, bury the lead. Back. Go ahead. Breaking FFPC news. Uh, best ball leagues are now open. They are open. With uh, conference championship weekend this weekend, you can sign up for seventy-seven dollars. Uh, for the thirty-five, right. For the twenty-nineteen season, we have over eighty rookies already loaded. All right. In, unlike anyone else in the industry right now. What so, about daily? Direct play draft is not at rookies. Oh, interesting. Okay. So take that, guys. 
<laughs> I didn't. I honestly. And they'll, and they'll, I and they'll take the $58 million dollars in venture capital money that they have. I didn't. I. I, I honestly. I wasn't. Like, I don't want to appear like a douche. I didn't know that. So, so, so I, was, I didn't know either. Actually, I, actually, I went and right. looked, and I'm like, I was wondering how they were handling rookies, and I didn't see them. So. So who ranked the rookies? Just curiously. What do you mean? Like when well, you go, have, so when you go into the draft room to. We're still the rankings are you know you know how we are we never do anything right the first right time. We yep. flush it out and then figure it out. The rookies are being loaded in. The rankings are being updated for 2019. Uh, so they're not, you know, they're, they were not ranked by ADP or anything like that. Although they were put in a DLF, Dynasty League Football. I right. described to their site. They had a list of rookies, and I, that was a part of the, the process. We also made sure to get all the, um, the red shirt, sophomores, you know, juniors, all the draft-eligible guys that hopped in that weren't part of their range. That was, that was the deadline was Monday for that, right? Uh, I don't even know when the deadline I was. I believe it was I, Monday, I, and, I, and I also saw it is a new record of underclassmen no, that no. have declared. Last year set a record with 119, this year 135 nice. underclassmen. So, we, so we, took, I, we looked at their rankings, I looked at some other stuff, and then we looked at the, uh, all the underclassmen, and anyone that wasn't on their list, we threw them in there as well, and that's where we're at. Okay, awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, pretty good. One league is already, what, what is, are they drafting tonight? Yeah, then they're on the 12th February. All right, fantastic. So we're already we, through. we already have ADP developing. Yeah, exactly. First through the first round of the 29th, first draft of 2019 here on conference championship weekend. If Always you want, we can stuff. later later in the show we can run through those picks. Hey, just curiously, um, who did DLF have as the uh, number one uh, rookie uh, so far? Do you remember when you when you when you captured those and sent those over to our software guys? Uh, give me a second. I don't know offhand. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We can come back. We'll, talk about later. we'll come back to that later on in the show. Let's bring in our guest because we are in the midst of Sorry, we are in the midst of royalty tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to bring him on right now. He's been playing fantasy football for years, but last year was truly an epic one as he was one of the co-owners of the Levo Legend Squad that brought home the 2018 FFPC Main Event Championship and the $250,000 that came with it. He's here tonight to share the experience with us. Please welcome into the program. John Scuderi. John, welcome and uh, congratulations, buddy. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on the show tonight. Uh, absolutely. It's a pleasure. Has it sunk in yet? I mean, it's, it's been almost a month here. Does it seem real now? Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, before the show, and it, it still does not. It's hard to imagine. It, I, I still I would not be able to imagine anything like that. Well, that's, that's all great. We're going to talk about how you built this team, how you managed this team, and how you eventually came away with such a big six-figure uh, grand prize. Can you tell the listeners, when you're not dominating uh, the FFPC main event, John, what are, how are you spending your time? What are you doing for a living? Right now I'm working on a CBD company. Um, the technical name is Cannabidiol, I think. A lot of people have heard about it that are following football. It's an anti-inflammatory, uh, reduces anxiety, and a, a number of NFL players are already involved uh, with that product. And, uh, That's awesome. It's, it's That's exciting. a hot market. It's going to be a big market. Yeah, it's going to be a really yeah. big market. That's great. You know, I host a uh, co-host a local radio show here in Northeast Wisconsin, and I, I I I can admit this freely because he's admitted on the airwaves. But my 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 co-host uses a CBD oil on his back. Uh, he has some back problems. Uh-huh. He says it's it's fantastic for him. I have another coworker there uh, who has a, a a son that he 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 has um, some anxiety issues or something, and I guess he's been using some form of CBD oil. I'm not really sure how, but he says it's helped him quite a bit. And we had another gentleman who was a sales executive at that same radio station, uh, quit the radio station, has his own CBD oil business here in Northeast Wisconsin. Right. So you are right, my friend. It wow, is you are getting in at the right time. That's great. Good for all of them. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is good stuff. All right, let's get into the fantasy football portion of the show here and, and move on from CBD oil, although we'll probably get back to CBD oil at some point, Dave. <laughs> so, so, John, congrats on the win, 250 grand. That's amazing. So you, you draft you. a team, you, you draft a team, and you look at it and you're like, uh, you know, sometimes I look at the teams I draft, and I'm like, oh, this team is awesome. And then Gronk starts not playing or whatever. Le'Veon Bell never signed. Yeah, I didn't do that this year, thank God, because <laughs> I was smart enough not to do that. But anyway... After you drafted the team, did you look at it? Devonta Freeman said, doesn't play. Yeah, that'd right. be another one, exactly. another example. So after you drafted the team, did you look at it and did you say, "Man, this, this team really is. This is something else. I really like this team." I, I did like the team, but I I wasn't sure. I really liked a few guys. Um, I was extremely excited about Rashard Penny when I got him in six. I thought he was just going to be a beast this year. But one of the running backs was. For yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. If I remember, and John, John, feel free to correct me on this, but I, I know you took Penny on this team, and then I think you cut him, but then you reacquired him towards the end of the season, right? I, I don't remember. I, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. I think maybe someone that's else picked him up. I think, so, I think okay, somebody that could else be picked it. him up when I cut him. Yeah. So basically, when you looked at this team, you, you thought it was good, um, but you didn't know if it had the potential to, to go all the way, but it got hot at the right time, man. It, it did. It, it did. And White, in the beginning of the year, was he was on fire because everybody got hurt. So that, that I want to get in. I, I want to get in, into um, sort of the decision-making after the first few rounds here. Now, there's plenty of team's number one wide receivers that were available to you at the 409. You had, you had Golden Tate, who was in Detroit at the time. Obviously, Allen Robinson signing the big deal with Chicago. Marquise Goodwin, who was a very popular player with a lot of teams at the start of the season in, in, in the draft. Michael Crabtree going on to Baltimore to be their number one. Corey Davis, who was you know, taking a leap to his second year, uh, a healthy offseason. And then you had Brandon Cooks out there as well as playing for the Electric Rams. You went with what I think we can all agree with was the correct decision in Juju Smith-Schuster, who was not the number one receiver for his own team, but he ended up having one of the best seasons of anybody in the pros. Why was Juju Smith-Schuster the choice there, which ultimately proved to, to be the correct one? Um, do you want me to go through every guy, or do you just want to know what I thought when I took him? Just Smith-Schuster. Why was he the choice over all those other guys? I, I liked him better than all those other guys. I uh, and and you know I liked I liked the Steelers this year. Um, I, you know you can look at my team. You can see I have Big Ben too, and I drafted McDonald. Um, Juju came on so strong in the second half of last year that my feeling was they they couldn't they couldn't slow down getting him the ball. He, he, they, no one could stop him at the end of last year, and and I knew that I knew they were going to let Big Ben call more of his own plays at the line. So if he saw whatever coverage he liked, and Juju was going to be able to get open, he wouldn't hesitate to throw it to him. And maybe it caused a little anxiety for Antonio Brown. Um, you know, I think we're seeing that now. Well, John, let me ask you this because this is this is an interesting dynamic going on in Pittsburgh right now. It, you know, it, we have the will will they or won't they as far as they you know letting Antonio Brown go or trading him or what have you. Let me frame the question like this: 
if Brown is gone uh, next season, you, he will not, Juju Smith-Schuster will not benefit from having somebody on the other side of the field who can take a lot of pressure off of him, who can uh, you know, force teams not to double him. Now, if it is James Washington or whoever, somebody else on the other side of the field, they're not going to have near the presence to do that that Juju Smith-Schuster enjoyed this past season. However, he should get a higher target share. Are you on board with Juju Smith-Schuster having another top 10 wide receiver season next year if Antonio Brown is not there? I am 100%. I think they'll play him in the slot more, too. I bet he plays 75% out of the slot. Interesting. I, yeah. I, I, really, I know you love Juju, Dave. I love Juju. Yeah. You know, I think the, the fact that he was oh, nominated as a team MVP, I, I, that really had that, a, that is, that is key. tweak Antonio Brown to no end. Yeah. Yeah, that's no. great. <laughs> Antonio, I mean, I bet everyone hates Antonio Brown in that locker. I, I don't know if they hate him, but certainly I think he's more like, he's similar to Levy. loves Juju. Not to the level of Le'Veon Bell, but I think he might have worn out his welcome in yeah, Pittsburgh. He's out. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, Patriots running backs. You have a lot of guts, my friend, because you took one. At the 704 pick, you, you had to choose between James White and Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle was dinged up coming into the season. James White was the guy who always, you know, I saw a tweet, and I'm going to digress from this question. I saw a tweet from someone, and they were, they were talking about the Patriots being underdogs, and they were mad because everyone wants the Patriots to lose because they fear that the Patriots will only win, get to the Super Bowl, and James White will catch 15 passes. Yeah, the win. yep. So anyway, you uh, had the option of Mr. 15 passes in the Super Bowl, James White, Sony Michelle at 704, and you chose James White. Why did you pick him there? And uh, you obviously felt pretty good about it, right? I didn't. It- it was a tough call. It, it was because you guys know when a team drafts a running back as high as Michelle was drafted, they're going to use him. That's why I like Penny that much. I figured they were really going to use him. And I, and I said, look at the great deal I'm getting here at the end of six on Penny. Uh, so, uh, you know, he was dinged up. They weren't sure when he was going to play, but I knew he was going to play. Um, you, you know, and I, I, I – was Hill out at that time? I think Hill might have been. I think Hill might have been declared out. I think. I think that was the determining factor is why I took White. Michelle was dinged. Hill was gone, and um, you know, Burkhead doesn't have that third down role. You guys know in PPR, if you have the third down role, you're you're going to get your points. And and White plays White plays a lot in the red zone. So I weighed all that, and I went with White, and I just kind of got lucky with everyone getting hurt. You know, and, and the other thing, too, is, you know, we and Dave, I think you kind of alluded to this earlier without saying it, but, you know, there, there's a stigma to drafting these Patriots running backs in the respect you never know which one is, is, is going to go off on any given week. And I don't want to say James White is, you know, immune to that because he certainly is not. He had a share of duds this, this year as well, but oh. I think – the fact that he, he has that, those pass-catching chops, the fact that, that, that Tom Brady has not only thrown to him quite a bit, but they've won games where Tom Brady is throwing to him quite a bit, I think that makes him a little bit more attractive there. And if I remember correctly, Dave, and, and you, can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, we, we kind of – Sonny Michelle had that knee thing in the preseason, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he played at all in the preseason, but I know there was some question as far as – not only is he going to be healthy for week one, but what his, what his status was going to be as far as the early part of the season and how much run they, they, that the Patriots would ultimately give him in September and October, which made James White a little bit more attractive there as well. 
Yeah. Do you I remember mean, that? Yeah, I remember that. I okay. remember Sony Michelle was just, he was someone, I still thought he was worth considering in that seventh, eighth right. round range. Uh, and and, and, well and later in the season. not to interrupt you, but for what it's worth, uh, John took James White there the very next pick, Sony Michelle. So they went back they went to back, back in this, in, in this draft. So it was it was very very close there, and 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 uh, and certainly um, we'll 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 get at least one more game to see how this thing all shakes out on Sunday. This this White Michelle split, uh, because I know that's going to be another popular decision again, a polarizing decision that people are going to have to make come uh, you know the mid uh, mid rounds of, of 2019 draft. In fact. Probably going to be making that this weekend in one of the FFPC drafts that's going on, and we'll see where, where White and Michelle go in that draft well, as well, Dave. In my opinion, it's really it's going to flip, and I think Michelle's going to take the reins, be the guy that gets drafted significantly earlier than White, because White did start to struggle later down the stretch. They weren't using him quite as frequently. He did catch 15 passes last week, for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I get it, I get it. But, I mean, he also had a couple of games where he caught two passes. That is true. So, and, he, and he basically is non-existent as a rusher. Pretty much right. So, well, I guess we'll see. Plus, you still have to deal with... You would just, you're just worse assuming that they're just going to keep them and everything's going to be the same. Right. That's not guaranteed necessarily at this point. We, we, knew, we know Michelle is going to be there. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep. Rookie you. No, totally true. John Scuderi is our guest here tonight. He of uh, one of the co-champions of the 2018 FFPC main event title, $250,000 that comes along with it. And, John, you, you, know, you talked about this earlier in, in the interview that you said this team was good. You thought it had potential. You're managing it uh, throughout the season. Do you remember at what point you were kind of like, and maybe it was early on, maybe it wasn't until very late in the season, but do you remember at what point you looked at that squad as you're setting the lineup or placing some blind bids or what have you, and you're like, you know what? This team has a real shot to get hot at the end of the season and win this whole competition. Do you remember when that, that occurred to you? I remember exactly when it happened. After week, after week 14. <laughs> How many points did you score? Two twenty-six. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that would do it for me. That's like, amazing. especially when you can put up anything over two hundred that late in the season, you it's it you got a real shot, and Absolutely. and and it certainly worked out for you. Do you remember? I, I'm just curious, and, and we'll get into the Eli McGuire question next. But down the stretch in the championship round, John, do you remember like when you were talking with Gary or or, or what have you? Uh, as far as lineup decisions go, were you ever faced with any real tough ones that you were racking your brain about, or did this lineup sort of set itself given um, the matchups and, and the talent that you had on it those last three weeks of the year? The, you, no, there were some big ones. I was really struggling with, especially the last week of the season. Uh, when did, or was it the last week of the season? Hang on, let me see. Uh, when did Dallas play Tampa Bay? Was that week 15, Dave, I want to say? Or was that 16? 15 or 16. Well, hold on. I'm just, I'm just asking. I didn't know. I, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, this is great. Dallas and Tampa. Oh, well, week um, 16. It was the last week. It was the last week. Oh, it was the last week. Okay, yeah. It was the last week. I was really yes, struggling whether to play uh, Dak or Big Ben that week. And, and then Big obviously ben, I'm just looking at this up right now. Dak at home. Dak, yeah, Dak. that's what it was. Yeah. I think I put Dak on about 25 points at home, and and I just – and Big Ben was averaging 25 points, and I just – it was that's how close it was to me, and I just figured if it's a shootout at the Saints, then Ben should outscore him. 
but I mean, you guys know the Tampa Bay defense was one of the worst yeah, two in the league. Terrible, absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't I don't know what Winston uh, or excuse me, I don't know what Prescott put up that week, but Roethlisberger thirty three point four in week sixteen. I mean, that had to be the right call over over Prescott, right? It was. Yeah, he had a bad week. Okay. He yeah. Might have had only nineteen um, points. Let me ask you this, because uh, you started Zach Ertz in week 16 as well, which obviously, I mean, you had Ertz and Kittle. I mean, there wasn't really much question that you would bench either one of them in a tight end premium league. But when you're seeing Ertz's points pile up, you had to just be like, oh, my gosh, this is happening here. This is really happening. Yeah, I was watching that game. That was that was exciting because you, uh, you, you guys know no, there, was, there was no when, so you don't know what Foles is really going to do when it, when it comes to Ertz. David, David has a question for you, but I just want to update the listeners. The fi- the, your, uh, your final lineup, uh, John, in week 16. Yeah, I'd like to know this. Roethlisberger at quarterback, three running backs, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Eli McGuire, James White. Uh, receivers were Amari Cooper and Juju Smith-Schuster. Tight ends were Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Kaimi Fairbairn at kicker, and then the Bears uh, at defense, David. And, and Fairbairn, I wonder if he scored. He, had, he only had six that, that wow, final that's week. Great. Well, he week 15, week yeah, he was, he yeah, was yeah, massive yeah, that okay. week. Um, but what, the guy that sticks out to me in this yeah. starting lineup. Mark McGuire, the former slayer. Yeah, not Mark here. McGuire. Oh, oh, oh Elijah, <laughs> Elijah McGuire. I don't even know his name. Who is this guy? Is he the running back? Tell, tell me about him. <laughs> I mean, that had to be weird. Yeah, John. you know, he was – it was – it was. Uh, it, it was really tough in week 15 to play him because they were playing against Houston. Houston had uh, – uh, uh, pretty good run defense uh, until uh, Henry destroyed him. And then I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe McGuire has a chance. And, um, you know, White, I think, had put up a real bad game in, in one of those weeks, one of the recent weeks. So, you know, I, he was playing at home. I knew he was going to start. So I, I figured I'd give him a shot. And it worked out. I mean, it paid off big time, obviously, uh, when you can get uh, a performance like that with, with everything on the line. And, and I, you know, that was such a massive game for fantasy owners. That was that Packers-Jets shootout that went into overtime. Packers come out on top 44-38. But obviously, uh, Eli McGuire was fantastic for you. And, and, boy, I'll tell you what, when you're getting 41 out of Ertz, you know you make the right call with Roethlisberger, and then you get 23 and a half out of Elijah McGuire. You had to know it was uh, it was sort of your week that that week. Um, outside of the lineup setting, let's dial it back and, and bring it all the way back to when you were prepping for this draft. Now, John, there's a lot of different strategies out there uh, that that exist in high stakes fantasy. Well, really any fantasy football. There's people are, are zero RB subscribers. Some people that the new thing was zero WR, which I haven't seen that pay off as well as zero RB, but it is a strategy. Some people in the FFPC like to grab two tight ends early. Obviously, late round quarterback has been very, very popular over the last decade or so. Did you have any sort of any kind of pre-planned strategy, any kind of draft plan going in, anything that you were looking to execute? Or was it just basically, look, I'm, I'm looking for value. I'm going to look for best player available. And I'm not going to pigeonhole myself into anything. What was sort of your mentality coming into this draft? I, I had probably a few different strategies going in. Um, the, the one you mentioned is value. I'm, I'm looking to find a player that I think is, is better than where his ADP is. And if he falls to me or if I have to be a little aggressive, I'll, I'll go after him. Um, 
Uh, another one was I wanted a I wanted a high end tight end, you know, one of the best guys, and I was I was sure that, you know, at the end of two, that one of the guys would be there. Uh, I was kind of hoping Kelsey would fall back to me, but you know he was gone right at at the end of two. Um, so that's where I got hurt. Now I was happy with that. Um, you know, when nine came around, I was starting to think about a quarterback, and I saw that Watson was still on the board, and I was going to take him. And the guy right before me took him. That's always great. <laughs> yeah, so frustrating. Yeah. So, so frustrating. So when that happens. That's good, though. It worked Corey out. Clement, and then... Oh, well, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Clement... <laughs> In the long run, you know, yeah, in the long run, game yeah. Week sixteen, yeah, Watson had a big oh, game week sixteen, and yeah, I think he had thirty five. You know, and if Ben didn't get yeah. his thirty three, it would have been it it would have been a lot tighter. You know, and I'm just just to just to kind of break this down. I'm looking at the draft right now, and and people think I think there's a there's a misconception about winning such a big tournament like like the main event or the football guys players championship. People think that you have to hit on every single pick and, and you can't make any mistakes. And for the guy, and I'm going to tell you this right now, our $250,000 FFPC main event champion, Dave, let me name. This draft kind of sucks, I'm right? going to tell you a few of the players that you drafted <laughs> on this team. Now, now John already mentioned Corey, Corey Clement. Cameron Meredith was a selection on this what team. What a bust. D.D. Westbrook. Rod, Rod, Rod Smith, who obviously you picked up as Ezekiel Elliott insurance, right. but, you know, he, he didn't do a, a ton by himself. Uh, Monte Doncreef, our yeah, favorite, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Jacksonville. <laughs> Kalen Balazs, who had like one, one or two good weeks. So Don, I mean, Doncreef matches up a bad receiver with a bad quarterback. Right. It's worth the perfect match. And by the way, not that Emmanuel Sanders is a bad pick, but you didn't have his services at the tail it's end of the year. Fantastically, yeah. Unfortunately, he, got picked when when you needed him most. Right, so I mean, yeah. so so just to to rehash this, I mean. John, as much as we're praising you tonight, which you did a fantastic job, I think it's clear you are human. Right. You, you are not a fantasy football god, but you made it work at the right time. So, and, no and way. I, and I think, no way. And, and, and I think that that's, that's the takeaway. Why are you being mean, Bob? No, I'm not being mean. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like, you don't have to be perfect as long as, you know, you're willing to work hard at it like John did. And, and you know. It, I will say one. And I'll say Rashad Penny, who we mentioned already earlier, too, as, as a six-round pick. By and large, oh, did not work out. But you I, hit on, I thought that was you, my it, best quick, best pick. I thought he was my best pick of the draft. What what he did do well though, right? He got guys like Juju, who was a player drafted in the fourth, who became a player worth like a first. Right. Ertz, who was drafted where he was, and became worth. Got, about got him first. at the two oh nine. And then James White and and uh, seventh round pick. Yeah, I mean, George Kittle in the eighth. Kittle, that I mean, was huge. The man, those are massive, yeah. huge values. Ben Roethlisberger in the eleventh. Right. As much as we don't talk about quarterbacks, he ended up being quarterback too. Vance McDonald in the fifteenth worked out obviously. Um, say what you will about Amari Cooper, your third round pick here, John, that you he took at the three oh four. But I'm talking, you know. When he runs hot, he is white hot, and, and sometimes that's all you need. And then you get uh, Ezekiel Elliott on this team who was just an absolute beast all season long. You know, Elliott Dave is a guy that I was not really on earlier in this season. Caught like 70-some, 80-some balls this just, year. Yeah, right I'm going to be on him next year. I totally am going to be on Ezekiel Elliott next that's year, great. no question. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Dave, go ahead. Yep. Um, all right, next question. So, John, just one thing I will say just to finish that, that whole point is when John looks at drafting next year, when he goes in and he looks at all these players to pick, he's going to look and he's going to be like, I cannot get the same team, right, John? That's what you're going to say, yeah. like, man, this team, now they're all going way, way, way earlier. Is that, is that right? 
I think a lot of it, well, you, you really can't. I mean, Ertz, he, he might go earlier. Uh, Ertz and Kelsey might go earlier. Uh, Gronk won't go earlier, obviously. He, Juju will go way earlier. I think Zeke might go right where he's going. And yeah. I know, Balka, you right. like him. I, I like him again, too. I think he's going to have another good year. Absolutely. All right, so this That's is not my, really this is my real question. Yeah. No, no, but we're with you. We're definitely with you on that. My, go real, ahead, my real question was about that, that last weekend, uh, watching watching the NFL games, you know, watching your team perform. What did you do? How did you spend your time watching it? Um, you know, were you just to walk us through it a little bit if you could? Well, I just uh, I, I went over to my cousin uh, Ronnie's house. Uh, he's a glimmer man. Uh, you guys might have seen him in a few leagues and so he plays high stakes and he knew it was on the line. So we watched the game together and, uh, it was just, it was just us, you know, the his, his son was around a little bit, but we kind of kept the room to ourselves. And, uh, Gary was in Chicago. So I was texting him and talked to him during the day on Sunday too. And so what, that, what, that, was, Gary, that was it. We, we just, we Go should ahead. mention too, like yeah, Gary Leibowitz, the the uh, the other half of of the duo that that took it down. So, were you communicating with him uh, over the last few weeks when when you guys were in the driver's seat, right at the top of the leaderboard, and, and talking about, hey, this could happen, this 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 might be our year, anything like that? Was was Gary super pumped up as well? He he was more than me. Uh, he, he hasn't <laughs> played as much as as I have. He was real excited. You know, after week one, and, and like I said earlier, that that's when I knew we had a chance. But you know, I, I I didn't get too excited about it because I've been playing for a long time. I know that two more weeks with all of those players and all of those all of those good teams. I went through all the rosters of everybody on that front page. I saw who everybody had. I you know I I knew there were great teams out there. Uh, so yeah, um, he he was really excited. I I was not that excited. It's a, it's a tough thing to do, and, and I'm totally – I probably would have been more with, with you on uh, on your side, John, just re- reserved optimism rather than unbridled enthusiasm, I, I think would have been my approach uh, just to see how things uh, shook out there. Unfortunately, it played out great for you guys, so uh, congrats again. Let's get to a couple of emails here from some listeners that, that had written in. Um, first is Jim in Little Rock, Arkansas. He writes, what's your read on Odell Beckham in 2019, assuming he is either catching passes from Eli Manning again – or a rookie quarterback taking his lumps. That is Jim in Little Rock, Arkansas. Thanks for the email, Jim. Your thoughts on Beckham? Uh, it was a first-round pick, maybe early second-round pick in 2018. Uh, are you looking at drafting him at that spot, or, or is Beckham going to slip uh, in, in this year's drafts, John? I, I didn't like him this year. I don't, I don't think I'll ever like him. Uh, you know, and I'm from New York. It's hard to, it's hard to say, but... You know he he gets hurt. You know we've seen it the well, last few years. I, I yeah, it's just it's I I can't pick him there. I, if if it's him or Devontae Adams or Hopkins or Michael Thomas, I, I'm going to take those three guys over Beckham all day. Well, and, and John, the other thing, yeah, no, totally. And and the other thing to bring up with Beckham, and and this is a a topic that Dave has brought up on definitely on more than one occasion regarding Beckham. You know, take the injuries out of the equation, but I I, I think his mentality and and Beckham's approach and passion for the game, uh, and, and the way he carries himself, 
I think that gives you a little pass uh, to, to maybe look another way and, and go with a guy with similar talent and maybe um, less emotional issues, I, I guess is a good way of saying it, because he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I think sometimes that gets the best of him. And, uh, you know, eventually that, that could cost him in the long run where you don't have to deal with that with Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, as you were saying, guys like that. Well, I mean, Odell, he's passionate. You, you, you can see it. He, he wants to win. He wants the ball. I mean, all, all the top wide receivers do it. I just think it's the, it's the health for me, for for that high of a pick. It's, it's to me, it's uh, just a little too risky for me. And I, I don't mind taking a risk, but not with him. Yeah, it might not be. Yeah, not worth one worth taking there. I own him in one dynasty league, and and I plan on shopping him this off season just to kind of gauge his uh, his value. I'm, I'm receiver rich in that league too, so I won't be ashamed if I take less than a hundred cents on the dollar. That will be a okay with me. Uh, Tom in North Wales, Pennsylvania writes, "What's up, John?" He says, uh, "With crazy eyes, Adam Gase taking over in New York, and Sam Darnold taking another step this season. I'm still a little nervous in investing in that team for fantasy." Am I wrong or right to stay away? Congrats on the main event title. Thank you for the email. Tom in North Wales, Pennsylvania. So we look at the Jets situation with a new head coach, and you get Sam Darnold now with a full year of experience under his belt. Not a ton of weapons there. I mean, we'll see. I know Le'Veon Bell has been rumored to be going to the Jets, and, and obviously we're a long ways away from seeing that come to fruition, if it does at all. But you look at the roster that's assembled there right now, John, and I, I mean, outside of maybe Chris Herndon, I'm I'm not super excited about any players on that roster. Um, you know, I, Dar- Darnold looks good to me. I mean, he's he he looks good. I just don't you don't know what Gates can do with him. I don't think he did he did okay with Tannehill. Uh, you know, he was supposed to be the tight end guru, and he didn't he didn't do anything with any of the tight ends in Miami. And, you know, he didn't do anything with the wide receivers in Miami either. It, it might hurt Robbie Anderson. I, I don't know what kind of offense he's going to run. If, if I don't know. Is he calling the plays or is the offensive coordinator going to call the plays? Do you guys know? I believe, Ga- I believe Gase will be calling the plays, yes. Okay, just like Miami. Um, right. That's a shame. That's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a tough, that's a tough call. I mean, he, he obviously he did well with the running backs down there, but I don't like the way he – he played Frank Gore that much. I don't. I don't think Frank Gore should have been playing that much. But you know, I'm not. Especially we saw, and we saw how electric Kenyon Drake was. We saw how you know the only reason Devonte Parker was playing um, down the stretch was because of injury. You know, injuries to other guys, less heralded guys. Um, and and I. I mean, I guess the jury's still out on that. Dave, I, I is not a big Devonte Parker fan. I'm I'm sort of lukewarm on him. I certainly won't be making an effort to target him in drafts next he's year. He's like the bankrupt man's ODB. He's like, yeah, he's never yeah. done anything. He's he, always hurt. That is a good he point. Sucks. The bank, The bankrupt ODB, that's, that's a good point. Even ODB is <laughs> getting pretty close to being penniless as far as fantasy value. <laughs> man, so bad. John Scuderi, our guest tonight, the 2018 FFPC main event co-champion, $250,000 winner. He's been very gracious with his time tonight. We've certainly enjoyed talking to him. Last question, John, before we let you go on your merry way to enjoy the conference championship games this weekend. Dave, go ahead. All right, here it is. You, you don't have anyone to ask about starting or sitting because this is so weird. But yeah. So 
It's early. Well, now. Dave, we have FFPC drafts going on. This is this is this is a key. Yeah, for anyone doing the best ball. Exactly. Tomorrow. Who, who's a player? Okay, I'll let I'll let we you cur- say. We it. currently have seven teams left in the thirty-five slow drafts right now. Um, it's obviously early yet, but who is a player that you're excited about getting on your teams in twenty nineteen, as well as a player you will be staying away from drafting? Uh, it is early. You guys are right about that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm going to keep a close eye. I mean, you, you know, the, we get a point and a half for tight end reception. I'm going to keep a real close eye on Hunter Henry. Uh, you guys know he was he was supposed to be a big pick this year. I, I think I think he might slip a little. So I I like him. Plus he's head of the head of the curve on his rehab right now. So I like that. So I'm going to I'm going to keep a close eye on him. Uh, I think Corey Davis could be interesting because he'll probably he'll probably go right around where he was going last year. Obviously, has a lot of talent. Um, was just let's take a heard of that crappy coordinator. <laughs> they sent their shitty got, coordinator on the Green Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Bulky, bulky Corey Davis sucks. Know. So does Matt Lafleur. <laughs> anyway, sorry to John. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I, yeah, that's I, I, no comment. Sorry about that Green Bay hire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Corey Davis looks like he has a lot of talent for, from what I've seen, and so I I I, I like him as of now. Um, uh, so for some running backs, maybe McKinnon and Breida see what shakes out there. Those guys can run the ball. They catch passes in, in San Francisco. I'm uh, I'm excited to see who's gonna what they're gonna do with those guys there. If one will play, if both will play, maybe one will play just all three downs. I don't know. Maybe McKinnon won't make it back in time. Um, and Breida, you can see how tough he is. I love that. He's tough. Yeah, I mean, that, that that guy refused to sit down at the end of the season. Just And I think, I wonder if in, uh, there, something played into that, like he, where he knew McKinnon was going to be back next year, and he knew he had to take <laughs> advantage of every possible opportunity presented to him and even if he had to lay, uh, leave a game early they, they knew what he could do when he was healthy so certainly Brita is a guy that I, I think for sure figures into their 2019 plans John we know you are uh, you are not in on uh, Odell Beckham next year and he's still going to be a high high draft high round draft pick are there any other players that are going to be selected early in, in 2019 drafts that you can't envision being on any of your squads early I would think um, Keenan Allen I don't think I'll have any Keenan Allen shares. He just, I mean, obviously a, a, a great talent. I just don't think he's worth an early round pick with his injuries there, with Mike Williams coming on, with Hunter Henry coming back. I, I just, I just don't see Keenan Allen. He's burned me. I don't know three out of the four years I've had him. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, on re- redraft teams, I, I can't take it anymore. So. I don't think I'm going to have any more Keenan Allen. Um, Chris Hogan, I I always uh, I like liked him a lot last year. I liked him a lot this year. I don't think I'll have any more Chris Hogan. Um, there may be one guy who people aren't thinking about, but I'm sure he'll he'll get a lot of hype coming back. It'll be Des Bryant. I won't own any Des Bryant. Don't see that. <laughs> And he's like an NFL yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna have to find a team too. That's that's the other thing is I, I can't imagine him being back in New Orleans next year. I mean, we'll see. It's 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 a long off season, and and certainly uh, 
more information to come on that. And listen, uh, John, more uh, more fantasy goodness for you to come maybe in 2019. I, I don't know if you'll go back-to-back, but uh, certainly what a treat that would wow. be uh, to win a half-million half grand prize next year. That'd be awesome. Uh, con- listen, congrats on, on all your success on the big $250,000 victory in, in 2018 and, and all your leagues. We're, we're thrilled for you. We're very happy. We're, we're glad we got a chance to catch up on, on the podcast tonight and, and kind of pick your brain as far as 2019 goes. And, and good luck with the new CBD business, buddy. That, that's exciting stuff Thank as you, well. Guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Awesome, Thanks, awesome stuff, John. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again real soon. That's John Scuderi, one half of the 2018 FFPC main event uh, overall champs, the $250,000 Lebo Legend Squad, along with Gary Lebowitz, who we should uh, give props to on the show as well, as they took it down this year um, for uh, for the 250 grand. And honestly, you know, we we talked about that team. They they got hot at the right time, Dave. But it wasn't like um, I look at that team, and it's not like you know, you look at the draft board after some of your, your squads and you're like, holy cow, how is this team ever going to lose? Look at this amazing squad I put together. Right. And I look at that team, and even now, knowing what happened this season, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's a good team. Uh, not a great team. It's a very, but it's a very good team. It, it, it was, Kittle and Hurts, you're, under, you're a little bit underestimated. I, that is true. Uh, that, that was huge, getting Kittle in the eighth round. Like and, the and James White in the seventh. That's like the one and two or one and three tight ends or whatever right. it ended up being. Yeah. And where, whatever Juju was, he was top five probably, I yeah. guess. And James White, like you said. And yeah. Then, yeah. So anyway. Ben Roethlisberger in the 11th. That was big, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know how people get surprised. I mean, not that you're surprised. I mean, it's like, oh, Big Ben the 11th. It's amazing. It's such good value. He's okay. like every hold, damn hold year. On, hold he on. Every year. But I will say this. I am heavily invested in Ben Roethlisberger. I know you are. I know you are. We've all talked about him this year. That is draft for Big Ben. Right. But the fact of the matter is, I never saw it coming that he was going to be the number two quarterback in fantasy behind Patrick Mahomes. That I did not see coming. I, I mean, to me, that's always just kind of like the randomness part of where a guy like Big Ben could go yeah. could end up finishing. But yeah. sure, I get what you're saying. I guess maybe I, I, I would. I would never have predicted him there, I guess, but I wouldn't have predicted Mahomes one either, of course. Right. I guess it's within Big Ben's range. It's within, it's within yeah. the realm of possibility. Yeah. That's the kind of point. Like, you look at a guy like Philip Rivers, you just can't see Rivers being there because he just doesn't oh, throw often enough. No, and, and, and what we talked about before the season about Big Ben. He's a guy who you get pissed because you're playing against him. He's also throws for 480 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And he sort of broke the whole road bend thing. Um, this right. past year, he right. was great on the road in plenty of games. Rivers is a guy I was invested in a lot this year, and I was thrilled. I was very happy with the output I got from him. He had a nice season, but he was – a lot of 250 and two touchdowns. You know what, what the thing is, the thing is though? Uh, on a lot of the squads I had Rivers, you know who my other quarterback was? Uh, no. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, like, then I have to worry. But, I mean, still. I mean, he, he so was still very good. why would you be about him? He's just sitting there doing nothing. Well, I had to have him fill in on a bye week. So, so you're, you're, you're checking the, the bench staff to see, oh, that's nice. Rivers had a I mean, it's not, it's not like I had Rivers on, like, it's not like every single Rivers team I had Mahomes. There were some Mahomes-less Rivers teams I had. <laughs> But, yeah, look at, look at Rivers over there on the bench. You know, uh, our, our buddy Fred. Um, yeah, how's uh, Fred doing, by the way? Good, good. It's, I don't talk to him a whole lot anymore, um, but we still co-own him. Um, well, you've had a time in the radio. That's not true at all. Um, but he uh, he would always, he's the only guy I knew who would cheer, like be thrilled when his guys did well on his bench. <laughs> like, and like, oh, yeah, um, Charlie Garner, holy cow, Fred. Uh, Charlie Garner had 170 yards and three touchdowns this week. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, did you start him? Well, no, but gives me good feeling for starting him next week. <laughs> like, right, you know, that, that's I, an I interesting take. More often, he's like an optimistic guy. 
He's very optimistic guy. I think Part of the reason happier I, in life, I think. We um we we uh we uh, share a fantasy basketball team um this past year, and I I I can say this fairly unequivocally, it is the worst uh, team I've ever drafted with with him in any fantasy sport. It is one of the worst teams in the league for this season. For this season, what do you have, LeBron? No. It's it's been bad. Uh, we don't need to get into it. It's been real bad. Don't worry. I wouldn't know if if he did. I'm looking forward I mean, to baseball. You don't, have, you have, don't have Curry, of course. No, nope, no Curry. Because he's good. I'm trying to think who our first round pick was. I think we took Russell Westbrook. KG. No, <laughs> Kevin Garnett. God, that would be a travesty. Let's get into the fantasy flash. Thanks to football guys, Roto World, Roto Pass, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Sony Michelle, James White, and Rex Burkhead combined for 47 rushing attempts and targets combined and 254 yards from scrimmage last week against the Chargers. Kevin Duffy from the Boston Herald compiling those stats. And obviously you look at how you beat the Chiefs, Dave. You keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and you take advantage of that Chiefs run defense that has surrendered the third most total yards, 2,709, to opposing running backs during the regular season. For anybody who is in the FFPC playoff challenge, and you have James White, you have Sony Michelle, you have Rex Burkett. I don't know. I have to go to Fantasy Mojo to see if anybody has Rex Burkett on the rosters. You have to feel real good about having either of those guys this weekend. Is that how you would attack the Chiefs this weekend? Is that what we're going to see Sunday night, which I'm going to miss because I have basketball that night? Um, are we going to see a lot of James White and Sony Michelle? Yeah, I think so. It's, you know, typical Patriots short passing game. The Chiefs defense is pretty pretty pedestrian, but they played great last week, and they're yeah. at home again. Uh, I think they're a three-point favorite, but I, I think that's the way the Patriots are going to, you know, that they have just a, they look for the weakness, and they just keep going after it. I think that that's what they're going to do. Sure. Dave, you know I love Cecil Lammy. I know you do. You always be so fond. You know, you're a fan. You listen to his podcast. Oh, I never miss any of them. Yeah. From footballguys.com. Uh, he and Sigmund Bloom did the uh, conference title preview podcast this week. I haven't got – no, actually, I did. I, on, on the way over to the studio tonight, I finished listening to it. And uh, Cecil Lammy, we're, they're talking about the Rams and Saints, um, and he, uh, he was talking about how he envisioned that, hey, this Rams-Saints game could be a lower-scoring game than a lot of people are thinking out there. I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I, I'll turn an ear to this, give a special ear to listen to this. So um, – He's making his game prediction in this low-scoring game. And he says, I got the Rams winning, let's say, 30-28. to 28. And I'm like, 30-28? to 28? The, the total on this game is like 56 and a half. That's the over. That's hilarious. How, how, is, how, is, how is the over <laughs> on this game being lower score? I mean, I guess it could be lower scoring than a lot of people would think if you think the game's going to be like 40-40 to 40 or something like that. But that, that was kind of peculiar. Uh, when I when I heard that interesting take, but whatever, that's a little listen. logic fallacy there going on. Uh, a little bit, and he also said that um, he is taking the Patriots to win, but then towards the end of the podcast, he's like, ah, I should change my pick because uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but it's already out there. Well, nobody's holding you to it, man. That sounds like you. Change your pick. That sounds like you both. I have never done that. They're uh, back and forth. Yeah, but I'll just if I want to change my pick, I'm going to change my pick. I'd like, love to see you play tennis. You'd like you you volley over the net, you hop back over the net, you hit it back to yourself. Yeah, I'm nowhere near that quick, and I do that. Tennis is one of the worst sports to play. I if, love if you're not, oh god, I hate it. Like uh, I was I not. Be as good anymore, I, no I, yeah, I was not good at it. The people I played against were not good at it. So there was a lot of serves and not a lot of volleys, and it was exhausting. I like I was, there was a local technical technical college near my parents' house that me and my brothers would go to and, and play tennis there because you know you just go on the court and it'd be fine. Yeah, not a good way to spend time. Oh, like, that's yeah, like name another sport besides golf. 
Golf isn't really a sport. Okay, we'll name another sport. Uh, track. Yeah, I'd rather do track. <laughs> name another one. Highlight. Yeah, I'd rather do highlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, bull riding. I'd rather do tennis. <laughs> Just because just of the, well, the whole death, yeah, I got more of a shot of dying in bull riding. Well, plus the, the paralysis, the quadriplegic. Yeah, that's, 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 that's I, don't, I don't need to mess around with that. Jordan. No, I wasn't trying to trip you up. No, that I just came to my mind. Yeah, it's, that's fine. So, anyway. Uh, by the way, uh, you know who is the local expert on bull riding as far as fantasy football podcasts go? Bryce. Cecil Lammy. No, oh, he's, he's a bull, bull riding. Yeah, well. he, he's, he's, uh, he's covered it. He's been there. He, has, he could tell you some stories. He could spin you some yarns on that. Jordan Howard holds little value if the team decides to move him or at least shop him around during this uh, upcoming offseason, according to the latest article from Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. He pointed out that Jordan Howard's in the final year of his rookie deal, and that running back, let's face it, pretty, uh, pretty replaceable. At least that's how most NFL GMs view the position in the NFL. He had fewer than 1,000 yards rushing this past season, the first time he has failed to hit the, uh, I almost said the century mark, the 1,000-yard mark. Uh, he had 935 rushing yards this past season. Uh, Biggs says that Howard's greatest value in 2019 would simply just be depth for the Bears. Uh, did you see the Kareem Hunt comments that uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy made this week, Dave, where... No, nobody, you know what I just see, I'm starting to run. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just uh, the, neither one of them ruled out Kareem Hunt potentially joining the Bears. Did you see Stephen A. Smith? Uh, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off right there. No, I did not. Whatever Stephen A. Smith said this week, I did not see. He it. was talking about players. It was like a 30 second little thing, and he was talking about players to have to deal with. And he's like, "Well, I mean, Drew Brees is great, but I mean, you still have to worry about guys like Kareem Hunt." No, you don't. He's not playing. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. I need to stop you here. He said that this week. Yeah, literally on the air, like probably possibly today. This is coming off a performance (laughs) where whatever it was three or four weeks ago when he was previewing that Chargers-Chiefs game and said that the Chiefs needed to be worried about Hunter Henry. Exactly. Who was on... Out. IR. Was that? No, he wasn't. Wasn't he IR? They never put him on IR, but he he was out. Puff or what? Puff. They, they said the Chargers had to worry about Derek Johnson, who wasn't in the NFL at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and you saw the, the puzzled looks from – this guy does not follow football. He well, just – he said – and, and by the way – no, I'm not – I won't go down that road, but I will say this. Simil, uh, right around that same time, I did see when he was doing some – by the way, why is Stephen A. Smith doing UFC coverage for ESPN? But whoever the UFC announcer was had Does to. He look like he's ever fought. Had to no. Fought like a like a, a, a shirt. Like he's trying to he'd fight a long sleeve shirt trying to get the arm. Yeah, maybe. But but when he was covering the UFC fight, the UFC commentator next to him nudged him with his elbow because he was falling asleep on air. <laughs> I got to tell you, he must be on ESPN. You need to give Stephen A. Smith a vacation. This is actually something I talked about on Football Daily, brought to you by Fast Signs, more than fast, more than signs, on the show with Leo and Balky weekdays, two to three, Monday yeah. through Friday on ninety-five three ninety-nine one FM. Oshkosh, the Score AM fifteen seventy, uh, which you can also hear on the Score app. Download that from the App Store for your Android or iOS devices. Um, that was one of the things I brought up was Stephen A. Smith. Not that anybody cares about this. But I think he's just – I don't want to blame him too much because I think ESPN's overworked him quite a bit. Um, get back to Jordan Howard. Not into him for 2019 and for Dynasty. I'm seeing what I can get him right now. If I can get a second-round pick for Jordan Howard, I'm doing it every day of the week. You know, I never liked Jordan Howard. 
and there was a small period of time when he held a lot of value, and that time has passed. It's so passed, yeah. But you know, if, hopefully, if you if you dealt him at that point, that you could have gotten some good value out of him. Right. But and he, he, it goes back to the fact that he was what he was a fourth or late third, or I think he was a fourth round pick. He's just not a pedigree back. He's not that great of a back. He's not a pass catcher. Right. He has to deal with Cohen all the time. Um, Dave, let's say I have the 212, which I do in all my dynasty leagues because I won all of them this past year. Uh, I offer you the 212. <laughs> I offer you the 212. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you this. Did you get hired by BuzzFeed? What? One of my. What was that BuzzFeed story? Some, like somebody came with the. the yeah, they had a groundbreaking story about how. I saw the. I can't remember what it was. It was like. Hold on, I got it on my phone here because I. I Cohen lied for Trump. To Trump directed Cohen to lie for something. I got then, it. Special counsel's office issues rare rebuke on BuzzFeed's report about President Trump and Cohen. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. Mueller actually, their office actually said that their article was fake because of the oh fact that it was such, a, such an inflammatory article. Right. It was like a, it was an article if it was all totally true. Got it. Someone would, they would argue for impeachment or whatever. Right. But it was totally fake. Right. And Mueller's like, had to actually come out and say, look, we're investing in a lot of crap, but that's totally not true at all. Do you remember um, Alando Tucker at all? He played uh, forward for the Badgers when they were ranked yeah. number one in the country. Yeah. Was he a smart guy? Like he was, had all those... I, I don't know if he was particularly smart, but he was, um, he was at the Red Smith Awards Banquet here in Northeast Wisconsin. This is an awards banquet that happens every year. And this is, I mean, it is in Northeast Wisconsin, but they attract a national audience. I think Bob Costas has been at it before, former manager of the Cardinals, deal. Whitey Herzog. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a, a lot of people at this. Well, it happened this past week and my co-host from the show joked that we were going to get invited to the press part of it because we're in the media in Northeast Wisconsin. Why didn't you do- I never got an invite. He said we would. He's been to it several times. We didn't get an invite, which is fine. I don't care. But he didn't know I didn't go. So I told him that I was partying with Alondo Tucker all night at the Red Smith Banquet. I said, yeah, where were you, Leo? Like I was there hanging out. I was looking for you all night and never found you. And I kept this ruse up for about five or six minutes before I finally told him. Like I said, like, yeah, we're going to go to Lake Mendota in Madison. He's got a place there. He invited me out. We're going to party it up with him. And he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed this. And I'm like, yeah, I made it all up. Nice job. So anyway, getting back You're to this whole thing. You're a liar. Thing, totally. If I offer you the 212 for Jordan Howard, would you take that? If I own Jordan if Howard? If you own Jordan Howard. No, I would not. You would want... If I actually, if I had, if if someone offered me Jordan Howard for my two twelve, I would actually take. Wow, him. interesting. I think he's two twelve is garbage. You know, come on. No, it's only garbage if you don't know how to use it, my friend. <laughs> only garbage then. Let's get an Antonio Brown Pittsburgh Post Gazette's Ed Bouchette had a two twelve for him. Had a report for uh, Brown this week saying he has not been the topic of trade talks at this point, according to Steelers owner Art Rooney. This is not. It, it is a saga that is far from over. There's going to be many twists and turns. Uh, in this story before we get sort of final resolution. So I'm just going to put this to you and uh, write like this, Dave, and we'll probably come back to this same question several times throughout the offseason. Percentage chance that Antonio Brown is on the Steelers roster week one of the 2019 season. What do you set it at right now? Um, I would have to say like 40%. All right. I think well, it's like close to 50-50. I think it's like 65 Right. And, and, and I'm going to say this from, from the standpoint of usually in these situations, cooler heads prevail, egos are checked, and Brown realizes what a good thing he has. The Steelers realize what a good thing they have in Brown. Um, this is something, I think Roto World put this, um, put this out there. This issue right now with the Steelers and Brown, it's nothing that a few, few million dollars can't solve. 
Well, I mean, they don't, first of all, they shouldn't pay him anymore. He's already making, like, crazy money as it is. Like, 15, 12, whatever it is. You could restructure, and, and he would... He but he would, doesn't... Yeah, that, that's probably true. Right. Really, what Brown needs to do is go go to Europe, tour the Louvre, or whatever stupid thing you need to do to get your mind off of football right. for a while. Keep working out, stay in shape, which he will anyway. He's, you know, professional. Yep. He was just on The Masked Singer. Have, I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Until like today, I never. You heard never of heard of it. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I still wish that I had not. Right. I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna go back to watching. You know, and what is this? The Bruce Willis roast on Comedy Central. It's right. much better. Um. I so I, I I think I think he will be a Steeler next year. Right now, I reserve the right to change my mind on that. But um, usually it's it doesn't. It, we haven't placed any bets today. You want to bet that you bet yeah, that he is? I, 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 I bet that he's not? No, no, that's not a big deal. All right, so, all right, no, that's fine. That's fine. We can do that. So, I bet. I you're at 65, not 40, so let's just go. Yeah, what the hell. Right. right. Uh, uh, so, I have five on Antonio Brown being on the Steelers week one of the 2019 season. I have five, and he is not on the Steelers week one I of the 2019 season. Oh, yeah, baby. There you go. Got yeah, some action. Week one and Steelers 2019. Got it. All right, perfect. Let's move on and talk about the Jaguars and another disgruntled player <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> this is where that we're was a first-round pick this January. year. Now, Doug Marone says he's encouraged uh, by where Leonard Fournette is at mentally after he met with the running back uh, earlier this week. Now, if Fournette is going to be in Jacksonville next year, you would think he'd be in for maybe not necessarily a stellar season, but at a minimum, a high-volume season, at least when he is healthy. Now, here's what's interesting about this, Dave. And I don't know if this is trying to tempt Nick Foles to come to Jacksonville or what have you, but John Filippo was hired as the Jaguars' offensive coordinator this week. John Filippo, yes, the same John Filippo who was let go by the Vikings midseason because he passed the ball too much, not something Mike Zimmer wanted to do in Minnesota. You move to Jacksonville, where you have even less passing options and more talent at the running back position, or at least similar talent with Leonard Fournette. This doesn't strike me as a situation where this is going to be beneficial for Leonard Fournette to have a guy who loves calling pass plays be the new offensive coordinator there. It's, it, this is not a meshing offense right now, and this is something that I think is a situation not necessarily for me to monitor right now, but for me, I'll have to see how it shakes out, and maybe you can tell me where, if Leonard Fournette went in the first round of this FFPC draft that's going on right now. But I'm not on board with him right now at all. I just I. He's not going first. Okay, so there you go. Well, I have a few things that I want to say. Go ahead. Let's get it off your chest. Here. First of all, I think I, I'm encouraged by the meeting uh, Marone and Fournette. That's nice. Yep. And he already met with Tom Coughlin too. That's good. That's yeah. also good. I think you know Fournette's a super talented player. He's had some injury issues, and I, I feel like if the Jaguars are a stock, they're like at the bottom. They've, they've they're oversold. Now is the time to buy. Now is the time to buy. So I feel like Fournette is now this is the time to buy. First, and so now let's talk. About, I'm going to get into the race thing a little bit here. Oh, God. So. Here we go. Doug Marone. What does his name end in? E. That's right. A vowel. A vowel. John DiFilippo. What does his name end in? A vowel. That's right. They're both Italian. All right. Leonard, I don't know. Leonard Fournette. Is this what does his name end in? Uh, e. That's right. He's, he's also a, Italian. He's Italian. All yeah, right. So three Italian guys. Yeah. I'm not so sure about Fournette. But I, nevertheless, you got these three Italian guys here, and you get together, and they're going to work this out. Yeah, get they're, some, they're some spaghetti and some vino. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. So that's it. Leonard Fornetti. <laughs> yeah. He's from South Italy. Doug Maroney. <laughs> They're all Sicilian. Yeah, I haven't watched The Sopranos lately. Yeah. Fornetti, Maroney, Di Filippo, 
He'll figure it out. Best advice I can give uh, Jacksonville, <laughs> drop the gun, take the Fournetti. That's right. Yeah. I like Fournetti. Yeah. <laughs> for 2019. All right. So if you're serious about this, you and I have to talk. Um, Actually, I do like Fournetti. Okay. If you are serious about that, then we need to talk trade. And I, I have no idea what your Gridiron Legends roster looks like, but I've been looking to trade Leonard Fournette for some time. So oh, sure. we can look at that. All right. Perfect. Uh, David Newton, this is I, I probably should have put this uh, closer to the top of, of Fantasy Flash. David Newton, the ESPN Panthers reporter, suggested that Cam Newton, it's possible that he miss, misses all of 2019 if he decides to go under the knife and have surgery on that troublesome shoulder. Wait, wait cause he, he kind of kind of blew it. He just said David Newton uh, suggested that Cam Newton, no relation. Right, I should have said that. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Newton obviously was a train wreck down the stretch. We, we saw David? Uh, Cam. I think David Newton's reporting was spot on down the stretch for Carolina. I also liked it. Uh, the team and him have not decided which way they're going to go on this. Uh, you know, Cam Newton, uh, while he was healthy, was pretty good with North Turner uh, as uh, the new offensive coordinator there. And uh, you'd think that 2019 would be another successful season. But, Dave, non-zero chance he does not play in 2019. Now, if that is the case, I don't know if Nick Foles goes there. They get another quarterback. Probably, you know, I can't imagine them drafting somebody. Uh, but, you know, some sort, like Joe Flacco, maybe he goes there. And I guess this is sort of an unfair question to pose to you, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Christian McCaffrey's going to be just fine, regardless of who his quarterback is next year. I wouldn't really say that. Just Okay, get into that a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, as much as everybody, like, said Cam never threw the ball short, he just had, in order to set the NFL record for something, you have to have a lot of things going for you. McCaffrey set it for running back receptions by a, a running back receptions, right? Highest ever. If Cam's not the quarterback, that might be less. It could be eight. I mean, I don't know. But nevertheless, if you're not you're not guaranteed that whoever it is is going to throw the ball as well to uh, to him as he did before. So I don't know. I, I guess I my just arbitrarily right. say. I guess my thought is even if McCaffrey regresses significantly, he is still going to be a very valuable fantasy commodity and a slam dunk first round pick this year. Yeah, but that that doesn't really help because okay. you're you're you now have to dissect. I you see the one hundred three, the one hundred four, the one hundred two, the one hundred one. Well, that all matters. Okay, that that's fine, but if you're he's just say he's a blank yeah he's a blanket first round pick sure that's true. right. But I mean, if you're talking about taking him in the top four, I, I guess I question that given that if if there is going to be a new quarterback this year, that to me seems a little rich. I, I well, think it's it, funny that you say that because you just. A minute ago, I said the opposite. I said he's going to be just fine. I think he will be just fine. But if you're talking about taking him in the top four picks, I can, I, I, I can, top, that's where you should consider him. Right, yeah, well, I, can, I can make pretty strong cases to not take him in the top four and let him slip to the, the mid The guy who set, set the wide, running back record for receptions. Yeah. The highest ever. Yeah. yeah. The high, that's the highest floor in you know, PPR league. Is, is well, hold, hold on. How is that his floor? Well, I mean, I'm saying if, if, if he's the number guy who's going to catch the most passes, that's a huge high floor. If he does it again, and and I, exactly I and I'm and hold on, hold on. I'll say this right now. Even if you have a battered, let's say you have Cam Newton, he decides to rest and rehab, right? He doesn't go under the knife. Let's say that the shoulder injury rears its ugly head again, and he's not able to pump the ball downfield to DJ Moore, Greg Olson, Ian Thomas, Devin Funches, what have you. Um, even if that happens, I still think he regresses. I don't think he breaks his own record this year. That's my point. And and and, and and if he if he does not break the record, I still think he is fine as a first round pick. Now, I I probably right now I would look at taking Saquon Barkley, 
Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, all ahead of him. David Johnson, I'm not so sure yet. But those are all guys that, that I, I just off the top of my head, I like those three guys better than Christian McCaffrey coming into this season because of the unknown. Um, but if I have a five or six pick in a draft and he's still out there, yeah, I'll take him and, and I'll feel all right about it. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't, You're totally wrong. All right, tell me how I'm wrong because we should explore this. Well, who's number, who's number one running back this past year? Uh, Todd Gurley. Christian McCaffrey was. Okay, I didn't know that. That's fine. I, well, let's just. I knew he was one or two. I, I thought he was two. On a point per game basis, Gurley was one. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that because right. he sat out week 16. Uh, Barkley was three. So McCaffrey averaged 25.5 points per game. Right. Gurley averaged 26.7. Barkley, 24.1. Kamara, 23.6. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Kamara, too. Gordon Eric, she averaged 24.1. That's impressive. That's what, you know, I mean, so now you have Elliott, 22.0, James Conner, 22.6. So those, it's like seven backs, six, seven backs. Right. Um, McCaffrey, and, and I, know you, I know you just said that he's going to regress to the mean, but, I mean, how, how do we know what the mean is for a second-year running back that got stronger? After, he was visibly bigger in his upper body. All right, maybe, okay. Better. So I'm not saying he's going to all of a sudden catch more passes, but we don't know where his mean is. Maybe his mean is what he just did right. as a player. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, we don't know where. It, where we do, we don't know. You're right, and I, and I'm not saying he regresses all the way to the mean, but I I'll, I'll put this just as, as as flatly as I can state it. I don't think he has the season. I don't think he puts up the same numbers he does in 2019 as he does in 2018. I think they're less than that. And that's a fair statement. I yeah. also I also think that even though they will be less, they will be very, very valuable for anybody who uses a mid-first-round pick on him. So, again, when you say mid-first-round pick, tell me five other players you're taking in front of All right, I just – all right, okay, so uh, – Give me four other all right, players. All right, so Gurley, Elliott, uh, Barkley, and um, – Kamara? Yeah, because – You've got to search for him. You've got to seek him out. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, I, I will do more research <laughs> than, than just being – you know, on the clock here in a second. Ingram's probably moving on next year, by the way. We, he might be. Probably not be a saint next year. And then that, sure. think yeah, about while we're going to have a great season. Yeah. I'm sure he will do well. Yeah. And Drew Brees is going to be 50 years old next year, too. That's think right. About that. um, no, but, but uh, outside of that, I mean, like, I, I would have no qualms using a, a, a mid-first round pick on McCaffrey. I would have I, no qualms using a top two pick on McCaffrey. Okay, so there you go. We, should, we, we, we should, I'm sure we will put five on that at some point. There's not I a mean, good I way. I don't know all of a sudden, and actually, I, I, I was a little bit, this is something I'm glad you brought up, because okay. uh, our friend brought up, <laughs> John Scuderi tonight? No, our friend, he's a Twitter friend, um, he writes for Rotoviz, great guy. Jake Rickroad. Rickroad. It might have been Rickroad. Okay. might have been someone else, but I think it was Rickroad. One of our other friends at Rotoviz. Yeah, there was plenty yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, said that uh, Barkley had has a, like eight 49-yard-plus runs, and he said all the, all the players, all the current running backs in the NFL that have had 49-yard-plus runs, Gurley had nine, Barkley has had eight in his career, which is, you know, one year. Yeah. And then it was all downhill from there. And then he said, should be the 101 in any format, Barkley. Barkley, okay. I'm like, okay, well, 49-yard runs doesn't mean make you an awesome PPR. I mean, it's a great stat. Right. But, I mean, if the team sucks again, if they, I mean, they had Eli crappy Manning, what if they grabbed a rookie quarterback who's worse than Eli? That's tough to do. It's tough to do, but it's totally possible. I mean, right. look at John Rosen or Rosen or Darnold wasn't all that great. Anyway, my point is, it's like there's no – Barkley's uh, no guarantee. Uh, he, no, no, nobody's he like he's so great. Nobody's no guarantee. And but really I really got a screwed up knee right now. Right, but although he, he did take all his reps this week in practice, um, so we'll we'll see on that. The thing is with Barkley, and I'll say this: 
I can't imagine the situation for the Giants that coming into 2019 being significantly worse than it was in 2018 with a substandard line, with an aging Eli Manning, and with a beat-up Odell Beckham. And not to mention Evan Ingram, who was dinged up this year, too. You know what I mean? So there wasn't a lot around him to take the pressure off him. By and large, defenses knew where the ball was going most plays, and Barkley still put up great numbers. Um, The home run plays, I don't know how repeatable those are, but we saw him do it a lot in college, too. Uh, So this is, this is, you know, uh, which is why I I would have no problems, again, taking him with a top two, top three pick. You could make the same argument about Carolina, that they really fell off the map. I mean, they had a good start, and then the season went to crap once uh, Cam Newton was shown to be hurt, and he had a really bad end of the the last five or six games. Now, now, how how much does this play into it? The fact that Cam Newton knew he couldn't throw down field with the accuracy that he had been accustomed to in September and October, and checked the sound of McCaffrey a lot. That's a good point. That's actually a really good point. Uh, That's you know, possible. Because I, I think that there's, there's something to be said for that. You think about Ian Thomas, what he was able to do with those underneath routes quite a bit. And we saw D.J. Moore take largely a back seat. And think about the big plays we saw D.J. Moore right. down the stretch. But they were, but there was a, a lot of catch and run. run after the catch plays. A lot. And Devin Funches was awful. Was and, and, I, and I guess... I mean, Cal- proven so, like, Funches well, okay. All right. I walked into that one. I knew I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I, was I was just going to say, but the talent, the talent is probably not there with, with, with Funches. No, but you're right. That's, that's actually a really good point, and that, that's something that I should look at more with McCall. Well, I, I, well listen, we have a whole offseason to do it. <laughs> Um, that was a good discussion. That was a good discussion. Let's get into fantasy feedback. We were oh way, God, over, we're still talking. way over time. No, it's not. We've got to get into some emails. Rob, don't play the drop, please. Thank you. Let's go to Bill in Bakersfield, California. Welcome back, Dave. Is Anthony Miller having shoulder surgery a good or bad thing for his fantasy value in 2019? This is a good baseball question, if this is baseball, because oftentimes um, you see these pitchers that try to rest and rehab their shoulder and elbow. Uh, it often does not work and they end up going undergoing the knife anyway. Uh, I don't know what the track record is for, for football. I don't have the, the breadth of, of experience and, and knowledge on this for this type of injury for receivers, but i got to believe if he's undergoing the knife in what was mid- the injury again? Shoulder injury. He had shoulder surgery. He's going to have shoulder surgery, or maybe he did this week. I, I, I missed the report on it. But if he hasn't undergone it, he will be undergoing it That's shortly. That's always shoulder. Shoulder surgery. I, don't, I didn't say labrum or whatever. Thanks, but, I mean, you look at, you look at this, with, what it does for 2019, Dave. He had a pretty good season. It was a touchdown, depend, like, heavy season. I don't think he topped 40 catches this year. I'm not sure he topped 400 yards. I can tell you he got in the end zone seven times. Um, and, and this is his rookie season. Now, this is a guy who was an older guy coming out of Memphis, a guy that I don't think you and I were super high on coming into the dynasty rookie drafts at, at all. Um, but you look at Anthony Miller uh, with, with Mitchell Trubisky coming into the uh, 2019 season. Obviously, Allen Robinson had the massive playoff game. We know what he's capable of. The fact that he's having shoulder surgery now, um, does that give you pause if you're drafting him, or do you think he's just going to be A-OK and step in and, and make that sophomore jump that we've seen receivers do before? I feel pretty all right about Anthony Miller, actually, uh, although – Robinson looked decent, so I, I question if he's going to be he's going to be number two in the pecking order, in my opinion. Uh, Miller will be right. Miller will yeah. be. Yeah, I, I, I think he'll be all right, and I think he'll take a step forward. He he did better than I thought he probably would. Yeah. So uh, I'm fairly optimistic as long as he's good for like maybe not the initial OTAs, but as long as he's good for camp, I feel decent about it. And shoulder surgery, I had it. I mean, granted, it was a labor thing, or whatever. If you recover from it quickly enough, right. you're fine. 
I will be very Some interested. I I will uh, be very interested to see how this Bears ADP shakes out, uh, because quite frankly, I don't have a good handle on where any of these Bears skill guys are going to go. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Trey Burton, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard. I have no idea. And until I kind of see how the rest of the fantasy players and not industry, but the rest of the the high stakes players, how they value these Bears uh, players. I really don't have an opinion on these guys because they were so hit and miss all season long. And quite frankly, Dave, they were hit and miss all of 2018, and the Bears went 12-4. and four. So I can't believe Matt Nagy is going to change anything he did, the way he ran this team uh, in 2018, as opposed to how he's going to run it in 2019. Because clearly it worked last season, and I think that's going to continue. So I'm going to be looking for the values on this Bears team. Makes some sense. I wonder. I wonder... I wonder whether they're in the Do you like any of these guys? I mean, Tariq Cohen, I think, is the only guy that really stands out to me going forward. I, like Rob, I still like Allen Robinson to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. I drafted him <laughs> on a bunch of teams this year as my number four receiver and was non-plus. I did not draft him very much this year, so yeah. maybe I'm a little bit less mixed. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, no, no question you are. Brett in East Grand Forks, Minnesota. The more I think about it, the more I get excited about Christian Kirk in a Cliff Kingsbury-run offense in Arizona. So when are you guys opening 2019 league so I can start drafting him before the hype drives his ADP way up? Happy conference that final be, games this weekend. Yes, it is today. Uh, thank you for the email, Brett. Uh, let's get back to the Cliff Kingsbury angle as he takes over the offense and the team in Arizona. We don't know what's going on with Larry Fitzgerald. I, I, I think he's going to be back this year, but um, you know we haven't heard definitively that he will. By the way, did you hear about Fitz? No, I did not. Go ahead. Uh, he had a hole-in-one today while golfing with Barack Obama. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's pretty awesome. This is the kind in of stuff. Florida. You can't get this on any other I mean, podcast. I mean, you know, he's golfing. He's golfing with Barack Obama. He's the whole one. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good for Fitz. You know, you go to the University of Phoenix online, you know, and stuff goes right for you. You know, he did go to the University of Pittsburgh first. <laughs> but I mean, you got a degree from the U Phoenix online. Right. Now, don't go to Phoenix to go there. It's online. Right. Anyway, Christian Kirk. <laughs> Anyway. Making a sophomore leap next year. And yeah, I think so. Cliff Kingsbury offense, you could see a ton of targets, Dave. This could be one of those receivers that you draft as like your number five receiver and he ends up being your number two or your number three this year. Yeah, Best he's case one of those guys that for some reason I don't I didn't get him anywhere, so I kinda of wanna dislike him in, in, in dynasty. I have him in a few dynasty spots. But I actually like him. So that means I even though I don't roster him, I don't have him roster him, so I actually the fact that I like him means I really like him. Okay. All right. Well I, I'm optimistic about him. We can talk. I'm willing to part with them. Oh, you're selling, all right. Yeah, I'm selling. <laughs> Jay and Naper, Nebraska. Not sure if you guys saw this C.J. Anderson thing coming. Oh, which, by the way. We oh, got yes, to... we did. I, I had him. We, you know, it's funny. <laughs> you have been championing the C.J. Anderson play in the playoff challenge. Yeah, um, the flyer. Why not? And uh, the, you were not on the show last week. We had pros versus Joe's champs, Caleb, uh, Caleb Alcorn and uh, Sean Isaacs on. And we all kind of were talking about how we much we like, no, no, no. We were all kind of talking about how we like C.J. Anderson. And we got some love on Twitter. And I can't remember the Twitter name. It said, hey, hey, HSFFO, thanks to the C.J. Anderson love. Um, wish I would have had the onions to play. On <laughs> well, and he didn't play. Yeah, right. so, but I, I give you a lot of credit. Well, that. I mean, you know, we'll see. It, it could still work out. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Well, here's, here's what his question is. Uh, it's kind of driving Todd Gurley down for me if this Rams backfield is going to be an RBBC. Would you be looking at... Would you be looking to shop Todd Terrific in Dino now? That is Jay in Jasper, Nebraska. Oh, is this a long-term or short-term C.J. Anderson thing? I, I mean, it could end up being fairly long-term. I doubt it. I mean, 
I guess whatever. Let's say he's a, definitely, definitely no, not not reducing Gurley's value. Okay. And by the way, in the the thirty-five, Todd Gurley went with the one hundred and one pick. Can we go through that first? Sure. Do you have the first round? Go, we're, go already at the, we're at the 202 ball. Okay, here. perfect. Let's go through the first round at least. For, the, really for the first FFPC draft, the real money draft of the year, it's the 35? Yeah, All right. Yeah, don't reveal any names, but it went Todd Gurley 101, and then, then how to. Juan Barkley at the 102. Okay, Barkley, yep. Ezekiel Elliott at 103. Yep. CMC McCaffrey at the 104. He went at 104, got it. Alvin Kamara at 105. So all running back so far. Michael Thomas with the 106. As the first receiver off the board, got it. Another receiver at 107, and that would be? DeAndre Hopkins? Yes. All right. First tight end off the board at 108 is? Uh, of course, it's uh, Bubba Franks. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I was, that was my second guess. 109, we go to Devontae Adams. Right. That's actually nice. I'm gonna, we're going to get into Devontae Adams in a little bit so here. So 110, David Johnson. Yeah, wow. Why, I, I, all right. Can I, can I say? Take a guess at the 111. Give me a position. I can't do that. Patrick Mahomes. Ah, there you go. By not giving well, you once position, you said I, I couldn't, yeah, then I knew. Then Mahomes I knew. at the 111. Right, Mahomes. right. Okay, the 112. Julio. Got it. And uh, the 201. Let's just do that one. Uh, well, the 201 and 202. Kittle. Oh, Kittle at the 201. No, God, I love fantasy Kittle football. Kittle at 201, and there's only one cheetah out oh, there. We're at the two- there's two cheetahs. One cheetah Tyree Kill. is Tom Brady. He's yeah. a cheetah. But the other cheetah is Tyree Kill. Very funny. Um... <laughs> God, that's great. George Kittle at the two. Isn't that fun? Dude, Rocky, isn't that great? This is fantasy amazing. Yeah, it is. Fantasy is amazing. I love it. I 13 picks in, you got Kittle going to 201. That's, that's great. Um, okay, so C.J. Anderson, let's say he's a thing. Let's say he enters the season as Todd Gurley's handcuff. Um, is it an 85-15 split? Is that how you see it, it going into no. 2019? There's no, there's no one that's an 85-15 split ball. Exactly. 70, 30, 70, you know, even guys that are like, I mean, even Gurley would be like this, a 70-30, I think, about Okay. Well, well, worst would be 99-1. <laughs> that, that would have been. Yeah, that's McCaffrey. Can't add all the McCaffrey's 99-1. All right, all right. By the way, that is the one thing about McCaffrey gets almost every touch. Can you look, at, look at Brandon Cooks on TV. Yeah, that's so badass. Can you imagine if Carolina took a running back on day two? Can you just imagine I'd that? Be <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine all the McCaffrey owners? Oh, man. I mean, what the hell is going on? <laughs> some some big bruising, two hundred and fifty pound back. Or or worse, or they find or, Bell. Oh no! Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> but or worse, a pass catching running back. Oh God. Ah, uh, God, I can't even imagine. Carolina wouldn't do that, would they? Mm, I don't know. Jerry in Stamping Ground, Kentucky. Hey, Demarius and Will, could you guys play the first Would You Rather of 2019 with DeAndre Hopkins? And how many wideouts you take over him in redraft next season? Yeah, Thanks, y'all. That's Jerry and Stamping Ground, Kentucky. Let's make this a quick one. Right. I'm not going to play the thing. So DeAndre Hopkins, Dave, or this is redraft. Redraft. DeAndre Hopkins or Adam Thielen. Hopkins. I agree. This is going to be tough. DeAndre Hopkins or Keenan Allen. Hopkins. Agree. DeAndre Hopkins or Juju Smith-Schuster. Cool. Hopkins. I agree. DeAndre Hopkins or Tyreek Hill. Hopkins. I agree. DeAndre Hopkins or Antonio Brown? Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas? That's close. I'm going to still take Hopkins for some reason. I would too. I, and now I'm just going by, this is according to Fantasy Pros for their rankings right now. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones? I'll take Hopkins. Julio still gets things up. I agree. And DeAndre Hopkins, this is the last one, or who they have rated as their number two wide receiver next year. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams? Adams. I would too. And I I didn't have to really think about this too much, maybe with Michael Thomas. Um, 
So Hopkins, in your in your mind, is the first receiver off the board. He's the first one I would take. Yeah, Thomas is close. Because Thomas because is the he, only. He so many times. Yeah. Did I say Antonio Brown? Yeah. Yeah, and obviously really Hopkins. Yeah, that's what I figured. And I didn't say Beckham because I knew you felt where you fallen on that. So that that's how we view Hopkins. By the way, uh, at the two hundred three, Le'Veon Bell just got drafted. Wow. Woo! And that was not an auto ball. Yeah, this is, this is compelling stuff. <laughs> this is Sorry, compelling stuff. God, this is so great. John Snow now on the clock. Don't, why would you say something like that? Who cares? John Snow doesn't care. I mean, you might, people might figure out who that is. I don't know who it is, but people oh, might figure J-O-H-N out. J-O-H-N. Hey, come on. Jesus. <laughs> Enough. Kevin in Dallas wraps up tonight's show, thankfully, before Dave... Uh, Day away time is not really revealing anything. I'm just you, I, what happens if this guy names his teams like Jon Snow, J O H N, and everybody realizes? He actually is J O N, but now you ruined it. Now you I ruined guess. it because nobody. I can't see these teams. What's up, Balky and Dave? What do you make of the offensive coordinator switch in Detroit from Jim Bob Cooter to Daryl Bevel? That is Kevin in Dallas. Well, he sees himself a complete redneck ass. Take that out. Take that out of it. Right. Take remove the name from the history. Well, they're going to run the ball 80 times a game. Great for Kerryon Johnson. Yes, it is great for Kerryon Johnson. Bad for Kenny Galladay. It seems like it would be. Not great for Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay might have 80 targets. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I think I think He's going to be overdrafted, Bell, I think, this Bell year. Was from, you went to Wisconsin. He was a guy with yeah, Wisconsin. He's obviously super where smart. I, where I always like to say running the ball was a good alternative to running the ball. Yeah, he's a genius. He's just going to run. I, I do. Well, I, that, listen, that's he. he I was think a, he's going to add that to his personnel. So I, I think that they will throw some Galladay funny. All right. Well, I like Carryon Johnson based on this. Not really a fan of anything else. Jim Bob Cooter was was let go because Matt Patricia wanted to run the ball a ton. So I'm not a fan of this hire. I think this is bad for Detroit if you're a Lions fan, and um, it's bad for Matthew Stafford as well. That's that's how I, I, I kind of agree. All right. Fair enough. Uh, what a marathon show. You know, conference title weekend, we, we should have had a marathon show, and quite frankly, we did tonight. So I want to thank John Scuderi, the 2018 FFPC main event co-champion, Dave Gerzak, uh, of course, the FFPC, uh, and uh, Rob Rice, and each and every one of you for listening. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, next week, 2018 uh, Football Guys Players Championship, $30,000 runner-up, Marty Kaufman. He is going to join these airwaves next week. We'll talk about how he almost won the two hundred fifty grand, how he pocketed the thirty grand, what he's doing with the money, uh, yada, 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 how he built this team. That's what I always like to hear. Hopefully you like to hear it, too. Uh, enjoy the games on Sunday, everybody. Thanks so much for listening once again. Your conference championship weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Where you get that from? Let's say you were in this FFPC draft tonight. Gurley goes 101. You have the 102 pick. Who do you take? We can't. Well, and you don't even think about it. <laughs> uh, you know, just because it's for fun right now, yeah. Well, okay, let's say it was a main event draft. I might still take McCaffrey. It depends. If, if Cam was back and healthy, I would take McCaffrey. Yeah, I know, but we don't know that. That's the point. Well, I wouldn't take draft to main event draft in January, would I? Let me ask you this. <laughs> Maybe that's what the FFPC has to do. Main event draft in January. Trust me, if I'm dealing with Alex Long and what happened yeah. in a couple hey, of years. Hey, Dave, um, why don't we um, 
Uh, why don't we can we can we talk and, and have the, uh, the 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 FFPC main event uh, starting in you know a wild card weekend, <laughs> or, or maybe um, you know we we have it start for anybody who can't win the title in in week sixteen we have them draft <laughs> that that weekend you know you're, you're drafting that weekend and for and the following year for for yeah for twenty nine I mean who cares you know we'll we'll do that I. I really think people would would go for that. I agree. We are we the over under on that conversation is one and a half years. <laughs> taking much. the taking the over or the under. I'm gonna take the I'll take the over on that, but barely. No, I'm taking the under, barely. and it's not close. Thanks for listening, everybody.